Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Gwinnett Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Gwinnett Church app where you can have access to all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around here at Gwinnett Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. Most importantly, however, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. All right, welcome to Gwinnett Church, and um, for those of you here in the room, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. My name is Reed. For those of you tuned in online, what's up? We're so glad that you're tuning in, and for all of you at Hamilton Mill, hey, Um, and so we're so glad that you guys are here. Uh, As we are closing out this week, our, our series called Those people. And if you haven't tuned in or been able to, to be a part of the whole series, let me just catch you up with the ground that we've covered. We've been talking in this series uh, about the fact that we all have those people, those people in our lives who get under our skin, who bring out the worst in us, who just trigger us or who we just have a hard time dealing with. We all have those people. And so uh, we've been talking in this series, how do we deal with those people in a way that's not dismissive or divisive, but instead, how do we deal with them in a way that can actually uh, build bridges, that can actually uh, bring reconciliation? How do we deal with those people so that we don't live uh, offended and uptight and, and annoyed all the time? And so that's what we've been talking about in this series, dealing with those people. In week one, we talked about specifically offensive And we learned that while offenses in life are inevitable, they're going to come as long as you're doing life around people, someone's going to offend you. Uh, Living offended is actually, it's optional. It's a choice. And so we learned how to deal with our offenses by looking at Romans. And we talked about um, how we need to go as far as it depends on us to live at peace with everyone and we leave room for God. And instead of going evil for evil, we overcome evil with good. And this is the way that we can be bridge builders and not fence builders trapped in our own offenses, right? And then uh, last week we talked about uh, judgment and our judgments towards one another. And we learned how to judge each other appropriately and when it's appropriate to speak up and how to be helpful and humble uh, when we need to speak about issues in each other's lives. And we said that the beginning of that, the key to that is actually being willing to examine ourselves before we examine someone else, being willing to judge ourselves before we uh, speak up and judge someone else. And so we said that um, as, as Jesus people, we need to be picking up the mirror more than the magnifier and examining ourselves more than we examine others. And then in the moments where we do need to speak into someone's life, we can do so with humility and we can be helpful instead of hurtful. And now this week, we're going to close out our series um, by talking about this word right here, differences. We're going to be talking about differences and how do we deal with differences? Because you all know this, you didn't need a preacher to tell you this morning, the world is full of people who are not like you. Yes? Yes. There you go. Okay. And that was my mom. And so she's got... (laughs) Got a little little moral support over there, the corner. Um, Yes, the world is full of people who are not like you. Just play along with me and you can just see it. This room is full of people who are not like you. As a matter of fact, we have all kinds of differences in this room. In this room, we have morning people and we have night owls. Who are my morning people? 
Yeah, there you go. Okay, some people, that's, this is why you're at 11.15, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, a little few. At 9.15, everyone was like, me! You know, like they woke up ready to carpe the diem. And so then, then we also have our night owls. Where are my night owls? Yep, a lot more of you at this because you stayed up too late last night watching Netflix or whatever, and now you're here at 11.15 or 11.25. And so... We're so, yeah, exactly. If you feel judged by that, that was God, not me. You know what I mean? So, and so we got, we got our, our morning people. We got our night owls. We got our coffee people and we got our, no, sir, I don't do that. Like, and so, uh, where are my coffee people in the room? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where are my non-coffee drinkers? A handful of, <laughs> this said boo. I don't know if you were booing them, uh, you need to go watch uh, two in one, you know what I mean, of this series. Um, or, or if you were booing coffee, that's pretty funny. Yeah, but I love it. Um, we also have, we have in this room, we have introverts and we have extroverts. Where are all my extroverts? Yeah, yeah, you guys were excited to raise your hand. I'm like, yeah, where are my introverts? This is your own nightmare. <laughs> no, right? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah, so we got, we got introverts, we got extroverts, we got morning people, we got night people, we got coffee drinkers, we got not, it's, it's summer, so we also have lake people and we have beach people. Where are my lake people at? Okay, there's like five of you. You're like, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then where are my beach people at? Okay, this is like a lot of beach people. Beach, um, for me, I'm a lake person, and I think it's maybe just because like the beach, for me, it all depends on who I'm with when I go to the beach. And so like, for example, I do not like to go to the beach um, with my wife's side of the family. And that's not, a, I know, it sounds like I'm like, oh, I can't see my in-laws, right? Like not that. It has nothing to do with that. It's just, they are beach sitters. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like they like to sit and we're just gonna sit and read a book. I'm just gonna tan and I'm just gonna sweat. And I'm like, right? Like, sounds terrible, right? If I'm gonna go to the beach, I need somebody to throw a ball with, to bounce a ball, to do that thing with the paddle. You know what I'm saying? Like, we gotta go out in the ocean. We gotta do something, right, at the beach. And so I'm probably more of a a lake person because it tends to be a little bit more active. You get it on the boat, you know? Um, And so that tends to be my vibe. We also, in this room, we probably have... Um, we probably have some, some Democrats and Republicans. Anybody? No, I'm teasing. <laughs> Everybody right there held their breath. <laughs> and then the libertarians were like, yeah, you know. No, I would not do that to us. If you're watching online, you just watch the whole room go, you know. Amazing, amazing. No, but um, thanks for playing along. But you could just see right there, though, there's already, there's lots of differences, right? And, and the differences, there's the shallow differences that we're just all kind of laughing about that we can kind of overlook. And, and those differences are fine. And those aren't typically the ones that are divisive. But then if you go a little bit deeper, right, there's, there are some deeper differences that, that, that we all have, you know? There are deeper differences. There are differences on culture. There are differences on belief. There are differences on behavior. There are differences on parenting. There are differences in, in gender and sexuality. There are differences in race. There are, there are some deeper differences that we have between us. And, and, and the, the issue that I wanna talk about this morning is not that there are differences, right? The problem is not that there are differences between us. The problem is how we tend to deal with our differences. And specifically what I'm talking about are those deeper differences. Because the shallow differences, those are easy to dismiss and to overlook. But the deeper differences, 
The deeper differences that we have between us, a lot of us, we tend to not deal with those so well. What we tend to do with those deeper differences is we will define people by their differences. We will categorize, we will subgroup, we will lump people in, and we will, we will use that difference that, that they have between us, that deep difference, we will use that as like their defining characteristic, and we think that we know everything about them because of that little thing that we know about them. And we'll judge an entire person's story by one little snapshot or one little thing. And so we have these, these deeper differences and we'll define people by them and we'll group people by their differences. We will, we will distance ourselves from people with differences. As a matter of fact, you know this, the deeper the difference between you and someone else, oftentimes the, the, the greater the distance you put between you and them. And, and so we, we tend to put distance. And then here's the problem. When you define someone by their difference or when you distance yourself from someone because of their difference, then you justify why treating them differently is okay. And so we will treat people different based on their difference because we've created distance and we've defined them by that. And so with these deeper differences that we have, and there are lots of people in our lives and in our spheres of influence and in this room that have some deep differences with us. What we tend to do is we get divisive. And, and you've seen it happen and you've seen it play out in our country. You've seen it play out in your neighborhoods. You've seen it play out online. You've seen it play out in your own life and your own relationships where deep differences have caused distance and division. And this morning I wanna talk about how do we deal with that? How do we deal with our differences that have the potential to divide us. And, and to do that, what I wanna do is I wanna share with you, not necessarily a practice, but this morning I wanna share with you a perspective. And I wanna show you from the life of Jesus, a perspective that he had towards people that were different than him, that I think if we could pick up this perspective, we would deal with our differences differently. You know, that was a lot of D's, sorry. Um, and, and, and so we would learn to deal with our differences in a way that is healthier, less divisive, more unifying, more loving. And so in order to guide our conversation this morning uh, and to get this perspective, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. And I'm gonna be in verse one. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, I'll just set the scene. Jesus is hanging out with some people who are very different than him. As a matter of fact, let's take a look at it. It says this. He says, now, the tax collectors and the sinners, which were like those people back in the day. Now, the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the religious people, they muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now, something that you got to know about Jesus is if you spend any time reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you look at the, the eyewitness accounts of his life, something that you will see time and time again is this that's happening right here. Jesus is sitting down at a table and he's pulled up a seat and he's invited some other people to pull up a seat that are very different than he is. 
these tax collectors and these sinners. He's invited them to come and eat with him and to um, break bread and to have conversation. And, and Jesus would do this very often throughout his, his ministry and his time here on the earth. As a matter of fact, I love the way uh, our teaching pastor, Andy Stanley, will say it. He, he says, when you look at the life of Jesus, what you notice is that people who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus and he seemed to like them back. And so you see it again and again and again. Jesus would be sitting down at the table with, he would be invited to the dinner with uh, people that, that really didn't behave or believe or act or, or whatever the same way as him. He'd be sitting at the table with sinners, with tax collectors. He'd be sitting at the table with uh, Roman officials, with a Roman centurion. He'd be sitting down across the table from uh, a Samaritan woman, someone who was not ethnically or culturally the same as him. He'd be sitting down with, with some people, some women who had bad reputations, some men who didn't have their act together. He'd be sitting down and hanging out and people would bring their children to him and people were like, no, don't hang out with the kids because they were seen like property. Jesus is hanging out with all these people that for all intents and purposes, he had no business hanging out with. He'd be sitting at the table. And a lot of times his religious contemporaries, they would, they would look at his life and they would look at who he would spend time with and they would look at who he was hanging out with and who he was breaking bread with. And they would mutter, as it says in the passage, they would talk about him and they would go, why is he hanging out with those people? right? Why is he hanging out with those people? Why, why would he spend time with those? Doesn't he know who they voted for? <laughs> Doesn't he know what they posted on Instagram? Doesn't he know what they are keep posting on Instagram? Doesn't he know where they were last night? Doesn't he know the reputation that they have? Doesn't he know that they don't believe the same things that he believes? Doesn't he know that they don't behave the way that, that they're supposed to behave? Like, 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 why is he hanging out with those people? And, and in a lot of instances, when these people would talk bad about Jesus, about this, he would just kind of like T-Swift shake them off. You know what I mean? And um, that was a Taylor Swift reference and it was way better than you guys are giving me credit for. And so, <laughs> so he... He would, he would not pay them any mind oftentimes, but then there were moments where Jesus would stop and address them. And sometimes he would do the Jesus like Jedi mind trick where they'd be thinking it and judging him. And then he'd be like, I know what you're thinking. And they're like, what? And then he would, he would call them out. Um, other times they would ask his followers and then Jesus would respond into the conversation. And other times he would just address them Directly, So there's moments where Jesus would stop and he would give insight as to why he did what he was doing, as to why he would sit at the table with the people that he was sitting with, as to why he would hang out with people who are so different than he was. He, he would sit down and go, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing and this is why I'm not doing it the way that you typically do it. This is why I'm shrinking the distance this is why I'm not defining that person by their difference. This is why I'm not dismissing them. And, and this, Luke 15, what we're about to read, this is one of those instances, you guys, where Jesus decides to address his haters, his critics. And he's going to tell them here, he's gonna tell them three stories. 
And in these three stories, he's going to show us his perspective on people who are different than him and why he would choose to sit down across from people that don't see the world the way that he sees the world, why he would spend time with people who for all intents and purposes, he had no business spending time with, who, why he would spend time with people who other religious contemporaries had completely dismissed or written off. And so Jesus is gonna unpack that in these three stories. And in it, he's going to, he's going to address our perspective and he's going to share his perspective. And so this is what Jesus says. This is the first story. It says, then Jesus told them this parable. He said, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he, doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and he goes home and he calls his friends and his neighbors together and he says, rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who, um, who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Now, Jesus is telling the story and he's going like, hey, I know you guys are muttering about me and I know that you're talking about me and I know you wonder how I could sit down with these people that don't see the world the way that I see it. I know that you're wondering how I could sit down with these people that for all intents and purposes, they're wrong, I'm right. And now I'm sitting down with them, how I could do that. And Jesus goes, well, first of all, let me just tell you a little story. He says, he says uh, like, like there's, there's this guy and he's got a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost. And he says, what do you have to do to go and get the lost sheep? He's like, you gotta get up and you gotta go to them. And he goes, hey, you wanna know why I'm hanging out with those people? You wanna know why I'm hanging out with people that are different than me? You wanna know why I'm hanging out with people that you've written off? Because I'm trying to reach those people. And it is hard to reach someone that you are actively dismissing. It is hard to reach someone that you are actively dismissing. And so Jesus says, so I go and I sit with them because while you're busy pointing fingers, I'm reaching a helping hand. And so Jesus says, hey, you wanna know why I hang out with those people? You wanna know why I spend time with those people? Because I'm trying to reach those people and I cannot reach someone while I'm pointing the finger and dismissing them. And so he says, and so I'm going after them. And so way before Jay-Z had 99 problems, Jesus said, I got 99 sheep, but I'll go save one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all, I got the music references today. And so Jesus says, hey, you know what? Like I'm trying to reach people. That's why I'm hanging out with people that are different than me. Because I don't need to reach someone that's just like me. They already see the world the way I see it. And so I'm trying to reach him. Now he's gonna continue though, because that's not the only reason why he's going like, hey, that's not the only reason why I spend time with these people. It's not just to reach them. Yes, it's to reach them, but also he's gonna share more of his perspective. He keeps going and he says, he says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So now Jesus has changed the picture. He goes, hey, like a, like a lost sheep, 
I'm going after them. I'm trying to reach those people. And so that's why I'm spending time with those people. And that's why there's always a seat open at my table for those people. He says, also though, like a coin, right? Not only am I trying to find those people, but he, he changes the, the picture now to money and he's communicating something there. He's going like, look, not only do I want to reach those people, but I see the value of those people. I see value in those people as image bearers of God who are created with purpose and potential by a heavenly father who loves them. He goes, I see their value. And so I go after them and I go spend time with them and I don't dismiss them and I don't write them off and I don't create distance because they have value. They have value to God. And he's going, so I go and I spend time with them because I see the value on their life. And they may look different than you, but their value is the same. Y'all know this, right? Like if you have like a crispy dollar, it's nice. But then like if it's crumpled, can I tell you something? It still spins the same. Y'all know what I mean? My, my daughter and my son got to go and spend their own money the other day. And their, um, my daughter is more similar to me um, where she is uh, disorganized. And so <laughs> you guys thought I was gonna be like deep right there. No, uh, we're just both like just really disorganized. And so she takes all of the money that she gets for her birthday and she just like stuffs it into like this little unicorn purse. Uh, that's where we're different. And so... Um, <laughs> And so she just stuffs it all in there and she wads it all in there. So it's all crumpled and balled up. And then my son, he's like a little bit more like um, organized. And so he, he's got his dollars like all crispy and they're in like this little like play wallet. And so he's getting his money out and they're in the store and they're about to spend their money. And my daughter is trying to trade my son for his dollars. You know what I mean? Cause she's, she's like, I don't even know how much I have, you know? Like, and they're just like wadded up and they're all crumply. And, and, and then my son is like, you know, like he could, he could get a Coke with his, you know what I mean? And so, and, and, and so he's got the crispy dollars and they're trying to trade. Like he, my daughter's trying to manipulate him to trade the dollars. And I, and I, and I pulled her aside and I just go, Blakely, it still spins the same. It looks different. It, it's, it's a little messy. It's a little crumply, but it still spins the same. And Jesus is going like, hey, look, like I know that that person doesn't see the world the way that you see the world. And I know that they don't maybe value the same things as you or believe the same things as you. And I know that some of them, they look like a hot mess to you, but I see the value all the same. I see the value in their life. And he goes, and that's, so that's why I go after them. And that's why I go spend time with them. And that's why I make space for them. And that's why I make a spot at the table for them. I'm trying to reach them. I see the value in them. And then, and then Jesus ends this storytelling time with like the crescendo. It's like the big story. It's the one that if you've been around church, you've heard this story before. It's the story that in your Bible, it's marked the prodigal or the prodigal son. And Jesus is gonna tell this story about these two sons and a father whose love for his sons is so excessive, which is what prodigal means. And, and so he's telling this story about these two sons. And there's one son who does like the right stuff. He's the older son. He, he obeys the rules. He kind of does things by the book. He, he stays with the father and follows the father's rules. And then there's this younger son, those younger sons. You know what I mean? He, there's this younger son who decides he's gonna ask for his inheritance early. He's gonna run off. He takes the money. He runs, he goes and spends it on wild living. 
and then he hits rock bottom as so often is the case when we think uh, that we know better and we think that we can do life on our own terms and we go and do it the way that we wanted to do it. And so he goes and he lives life on his terms and, and he hits rock bottom to the point where he is living in a pigsty. And it says, Jesus says in the story, he's wishing he could eat what the pigs are eating. So he's at a low, low. And then it says that, Jesus says in the story, he says that the, this son, he comes to himself and he realizes that he had it way better at his dad's house. And so he starts to make his way back home. And on the way back home, he's doing that thing that you do when you know you really messed up and you start rehearsing your apology before you get home. You know what I mean? Fellas, you're driving, you were like rude on the phone and you're driving and you're just like, so baby, I'm so sorry, you were right. You know what I mean? Like, like he's doing that thing, like where he's rehearsing his apology script on the way home. Students, when you're like five minutes late, you know you're gonna be late for curfew. You're like, you're already rehearsing, you know what I mean? Like, mom, I'm sorry, and that was at the party, but then there were all, and then there was this traffic, and then a deer, you know what I mean? Like, and so you're, you're rehearsing your apology, right? That's exactly what's happening right here. He's walking home and he's rehearsing his apology. Dad, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not even worthy to be called one of your sons and you can just make me a servant in your house. And then Jesus says in the story that the father sees him while he's still a long way off. And it says that this father, he gets up off the porch and he goes sprinting to his son. And he's, and there, there's so much to this story, you guys. I could spend a whole series just on the prodigal. I'm like, there's, there's so much to say there because uh, Middle Eastern men in the first century did not run. They didn't like hike up their man dress and like sprint in their sandals. You know what I mean? Like that was just not what you did in, in that season and in that time. Like that was just, that was unheard of. And Jesus says, but this father runs to his own detriment, to his own humiliation. He runs to the son. And before the kid can even start getting the, his rehearsed apology out of his mouth, he says the father starts to hug him, to kiss him, put a ring on his finger, put robes on him, welcome him back, and he throws a party for him. And Jesus is going, you know why I hang out with people that are different? He goes, I'm trying to reach them. And I see the value in them. And then he goes, man, and because look, because as convinced as you are that you're right and that God loves you, God loves them too. And Jesus goes, you know why I hang out with people like those people that are so different that don't behave the way that I behave or believe the way that I believe? You wanna know why I hang out with them? Yes, I wanna reach them. Yes, I see the value in them, but you know why I hang out with those people? This, and we gotta get this, you guys, because God loves those people. He loves those people. Those people that trigger you, those people that frustrate you, those people that offend you, those people that don't see things the way that you see things, those people that you go, I don't understand how anybody could think that way. I don't understand how anybody could vote that way. I don't understand how anybody could believe what they believe. Listen, Jesus tells these three stories and he's going, look, I know you don't understand it and I know the difference seems great and so you've put a distance there but he goes, if you wanna know why I'm sitting down at the table with them, he goes, it's because I'm trying to reach them. It's because I see the value in them. But most importantly, it's because God loves them. And it may be hard for you to digest that. But Jesus goes, that is the truth of the matter. As different as you two may be, God loves you, but he loves them too. And he goes, that's why I'm spending time 
with those people. That's why I'm hanging out with those people. That's why there's always room at my table for those people. That's why I'll always pull up a chair when invited to sit down and hang out with those people, to listen, to learn, but most of all, to love. That's why I spend time with those people. And Jesus goes, I know you guys are muttering about me, and I know you don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, but let me show you my perspective And he tells these three stories and it's in the hopes not to make them feel bad, you guys. That's not why he told those three stories. He tells those three stories in the hopes that they could see those people the way he sees those people. Because listen, church, if we could see people the way Jesus sees people, we would treat them the way that Jesus has treated them. And if we could see people the way that Jesus sees people, we would love the way that Jesus has loved. And so Jesus challenges our perspective right here. And he goes, I know the differences are deep. I know the differences are deep, but don't let it divide us. Don't let the differences define the relationship. I know there's differences there but don't let those differences cause you to distance yourself from somebody that you're called to reach, someone who is valuable to God, someone who God loves and wants relationship with. He goes, don't do it. So if you could see people the way I see people, you'd treat people the way that I treat people. And that's the invitation of Jesus. He says, well, you see what I see, so you'll do what I do. And I know that's easier said than done. Um, it's easy for me to go, yeah, so just like see people like Jesus does, duh, bye, you know, like, but it's not that easy. I understand that. I think it's way easier for us to see that God could love everybody, but then us to be like, what? but I don't, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's way easier to be like, yes, Jesus loves you. I don't, so see you later, right? Like that's, that's the easier approach. So how do we begin to see the way that Jesus sees? How do we begin to to have his eyes and his heart? How do we gain that perspective, pick that perspective up? I think, it's, I think it's one word. I think it's proximity. Let me explain. I think proximity would change the game for a lot of us in how we deal with our differences. First and foremost, I think we need to increase our proximity to Jesus. I think if you wanna see the way Jesus sees and in order to treat people, the way that Jesus has treated people. I think that we, each and every one of us, myself included, need to increase my proximity to Jesus. I need to get closer to Jesus because the closer that I am to Jesus, the more that what matters to him begins to matter to me and the more that I'm able to see the way that he sees and the more that the things that break his heart begin to break my heart because you guys know this in all relationships, proximity changes things, right? It's the reason why like my wife and I, like I used to not like cooking shows and now we've been married 11 years and we're ending the night right with a little uh, top chef. You know what I mean? Like, because the more I spend time with her, the more that what matters to her matters to me. And the same thing is true with Jesus. If we're gonna see people the way Jesus sees people, and we're gonna care the way that he cared and invite the way that he invited. We're gonna create space the way that he created space. And we're gonna sit with people that don't necessarily see the world the way that we do in order to reach them and to love them and to care for them and to see the value in them. If we're gonna start to see like that, then it starts 
with our proximity to Jesus. Spending time with him in his word, spending time with him in prayer, spending time with him in worship, actually reading the lyrics on those screens and singing them and understanding what they mean, right? Like it's serving with Jesus. The more we spend time with Jesus, the more we're able to see what he sees and the more the stuff that matters to him begins to matter to us. And so it starts with proximity with Jesus. And then also it's proximity with people. And this is the part that that can be challenging is it's not just spending time with Jesus, but it's also spending time with people like Jesus did. And so it's following his example and actually leaving space at our table for somebody that doesn't see the way that we see, for somebody who's different. And now listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have people in your life that share the same values, that share the same beliefs, that share the same core convictions. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have that. You should have that. That's important. But what I'm saying is there should always be an open seat for someone that doesn't see like you do. There should always be an open seat in your life and in your relationships for someone that doesn't see or believe or behave the way that you do. Because it's impossible to reach people that we're constantly dismissing. And so we leave a seat open and they're invited because they have value to God and because God loves them and wants relationship with them the same that he, as he does with you. And so we leave a seat open and we, we create some proximity with other people that don't see the world the way that we do. And we'll be better for it and they'll be better for it. There was a, I wrestled with whether or not I was gonna share this with you guys, but because it's kind of embarrassing for me, but there's a moment where I've seen this play out and it's been so powerful. It was life-changing for me. Um, in 2016, uh, racial tension was high. Um, not like this past year, but it was, it was high. And, um, and don't worry, I'm not making any political statements or race statements. This is to talk about people that are different than you and some ways that we can increase proximity. And so I'm watching these riots happen in Baltimore in 2016. And there's, there's buildings being burned, there's looting happening, and I'm, I'm watching the news, and I just didn't get it. And I was standing there, and I was looking at the TV, and my wife is like trying to get ready for bed, and I'm like, wow, why are they doing that? Why are those people doing that? What, what's going on? I don't, I don't think I understand it. What, what's happening? This doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how people could do this. And I remember my wife saying, and I tell people all the time, the Holy Spirit sounds a whole lot like Morgan. And so <laughs> I remember my wife saying, she goes, I don't know, I'm white. You know what I mean? Like, and so like the two of us are sitting there. She goes, you should pick up the phone and you should call Gerald. Now Gerald is, uh, he is my best friend. And he's sitting right there. And he said, I could share this story. Um, and I called Gerald, Fatty Omi. And I said, hey man, help me understand. This doesn't make any sense. I'm sitting here like at the TV and I'm like frustrated at what I see. And he very graciously begins to unpack his experience, his perspective, his story of growing up as a young black man in America. And he explains to me some of the frustrations and the anger and the hurt. And he was like, look, while I don't agree with everything that I'm watching, I understand it. 
He goes, this is why, this is how it feels. And I remember um, what had been judgmental and what had been dismissive and what had been divisive in my own heart began to get chipped away at. And I realized in that moment that I had been acting as an older brother, like in that story. And I'd been going, oh, okay, Siri. And I'd been acting as an older brother and complaining and being frustrated and pointing a finger at people that were different. And I'd been creating distance when I should have been sitting down at the table. And it was beneficial. It was beneficial for me. It was beneficial for our friendship, for our relationship. All these years later now, we can look back on that. And I'm better for it. And we're better for it. And our relationship has continued to grow to the point now where uh, my, my little boy calls Uncle Gerald the broski, you know? <laughs> but that wouldn't have happened if I would have done with our differences what I typically had done before or what we tend to do with those deep differences. If I would have continued to divide, if I would have continued to dismiss, if I would have continued to judge and categorize people. And so we gotta increase our proximity. We gotta increase our proximity with our with our heavenly father and we got to increase our proximity with one another and we got to leave open seats at the table for people that don't see like we see in order to reach in order to care in order to love this is what we've got to do and listen you may never agree with that person that sits down with you but you can still love you may never agree or see things the way that they see things that's okay that's not what jesus is telling you to do you may never agree or see eye to eye with them but you can still love them and care for them because God loves them and cares for them. And that, that's what the world needs a whole lot more of, you guys. That is what our world, that is what your world, that is what our country needs a whole lot more of, are some people that can sit down and even though we disagree, we can, we can desire to reach each other, we can see the value in one another, and we can love one another because God loves each and every one of us. So I love the way Jesus ends the story. He ends that, that parable with the father going out and talking to the older son. The older son is frustrated because he can't believe the dad would throw the party for the younger son. He's like, what are you doing? He's been such a jerk and I can't believe you would do that and you've never done anything for me. And the father goes, oh my gosh, everything I've ever had was always yours. I love you. But I just, I love him too. And I know y'all are different and I know you took different paths and I know you did different things. But listen, I love both of you and want relationship with both of you. So the father's there and he's like, so come on, come on into the party. But Jesus doesn't wrap it up. You don't know what the older son does in that moment. Jesus leaves the story just like that and he does it on purpose because he wants everyone that was listening that day, especially those that were pointing fingers and were creating distance and were being dismissive. He wants everyone that day to understand. He goes, look, that's how I see it. Now the ball's in your court. This is how I see it. This is my perspective. This is why I do what I do. Now, what are you gonna do? And he leaves it open-ended as if to say, now you have a decision to make. Are you going to continue to let your deep-seated differences divide you or 
Will you do something different? Will you pick up this perspective? Will you choose to see people the way that I see people so that you can treat them the way that I've treated them? Will you open up a seat at your table for people that don't see the world in order to reach them, to care for them, to love them? Jesus goes, the ball's in your court. And so that's the question that we gotta wrestle with. And I won't answer it for you. I'm wrestling with it for myself. But that's the question that we've gotta wrestle with is what will we do with our differences? And will we choose the perspective of Jesus so that we deal with them differently? Because that is exactly what he's done for each and every one of us. So, Gwinnett Church, what if we were those people? What if we were those people who handled our offenses in a way that was healthy and chose not to live offended? What if we were those people who, when it come to judging other people, we first examined ourselves and did the hard work of heart work so that we could be humble and helpful in regards to other people's issues? What if we were those people who saw the way that Jesus saw so that we would live the way that Jesus lived? What if we were those people? Wouldn't that be something? I think that our community, I think our church, I think our country, I think our world needs a whole lot more of those people. Amen? Let me pray for us. Well, Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you that even though each and every one of us has been at one time that sheep, that coin, that lost son, um, Thank you that you, you sought us out and you came after us and you chose to reach us and you chose to make a seat for us at the table and you chose to sit down with us and you chose to care for us and you chose to love us and you chose to rescue us. Father, I pray that you would help us to do the same for others. Would you help us open up our eyes to see the way that you see so that we can live the way that you lived. Help us to see people the way you see people so that we treat them the way that you've treated them and us. We love you. We're grateful for this time together. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.